welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Amen, we all said. Amen. Let me hear you say amen. Yeah. You know what? It's nice to be here with all of you this morning. And I was thinking as we were worshiping God that there are some some plus side of things that have come out of COVID. Take, for instance, the fact that we're all outside today worshiping God and having church outside. Do you know if COVID had never hit, there's, there's a very, 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 very small chance that we would be outside having church this morning. We'd be inside a building somewhere hoping that people would come inside and hear about Jesus. But today we are outside with our hands raised and talking about Jesus and taking communion. And that would have never happened. Well, we don't say never, but, you know, the chances are really small. And now here we are two weeks in a row worshiping God outside. And I am super excited about that. Amen. You know, just a side thought, during worship, when, when Brian started honking his horn at first, my first thought was, what? oh no, something's happening, what's going on? And then I just realized that it was Brian worshiping God, and then other cars were chiming in. It was fantastic, and what's great about it is just before worship, me and Reese had a conversation about, he's like, do you think people will start like honking their horns? And I was like, no, nobody's going to honk their horns during worship. We were having that exact conversation, and so, man, I just love this. Don't you love this? I mean, guys, this is about 37 billion times better than watching church online. I mean, church online was, we did what we had to do, but this is definitely 37 billion times better, and I'm glad to be here. Hey, before we get into the message, I just got something on my heart that, that um, the, the Lord stuck on my heart late last night and just has not gone away all morning. And so I feel like there's somebody here that just needs a little bit of encouragement. And so if you're here this morning and um, you feel like the enemy has come into your life in an overwhelming sense, like a flood that is going to sweep you away. And everywhere you look, it looks like there is devastation and there is hurt and there is pain rushing towards you. I want to share this scripture with you, and I'm sure you've heard it, and I'm sure you've read it, but I feel like the Spirit of God is simply wanting to remind somebody of it this morning. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19, in the New King James, it says this. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, he raises up a standard. But if you read it in the New Living Translation, it says it this way. For he will come like a raging flood tide, driven by the breath of the Lord. And here's what the Spirit of God is wanting to say to somebody today. You may look in your life and think that the enemy is coming in like a flood and is going to devastate you, that is bringing death and destruction and is coming in and you feel like there's no way of escape. But I want to tell you, and the Spirit of the Lord wants to tell you this morning, that even in those circumstances that look beyond your control, that look like you don't know 
how to get out of this. It says here that it is driven by the breath of the Lord. So even in those dark times, the Spirit of God is at work, breathing His breath, directing that raging flood. So you could look at it in the natural, say this raging flood is coming and there is no stopping it. But God is saying, don't you worry about it. I'm coming down here and just by the breath of my mouth, I am breathing on it and redirecting this flood. So don't you worry about it. Amen? Amen. The lonely honker way over there. Did you hear that? <laughs> All right, open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to keep having some church for a few minutes here. Before we do, I want to pray together. So if you would, just take a second and let's just pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this day. God, I'm super thankful, first of all, that it's not pouring rain on us and that we are standing out here in the sunshine talking about you. And God, I just ask right now that you put your words and your thoughts and your desires on the inside of me and that I speak as your very oracle. And God, secondly, I ask that by your mighty spirit that you begin to open ears, eyes, and hearts to receive your truth and life this morning that we leave this place, that we leave this parking lot transformed and molded and shaped more into your image and less like the image of ourself. God, we pray and we ask above everything else, may your kingdom come and may your will be done in us and through us. And we all said, amen. Amen, amen. Ephesians chapter 6. Today we're going to talk about this. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Look at your clothes, yes. Is that all you're wearing? That's my question. I want you to look at your neighbor. Look at the person in the car beside you. Holler through the window and ask them, what are you wearing? The obvious answer is clothes. But that's not what we're talking about today. Now I want to ask you a second question before we go any further. And I want you to ponder this question as I talk for the next few minutes. And I want to ask you this. What's the purpose of your relationship with Jesus? What is the purpose of your Christianity? Is your purpose to solely get yourself better? to get your wounds fixed up? Or is your purpose to continue the work of Jesus Christ? See, in Matthew chapter 28 and in Mark chapter 16, we have what's called the Great Commission. And Jesus didn't just say, come to me, follow me, and I'm going to fix up your life. The last thing that Jesus said to the disciples is go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. And so the purpose of your relationship is to continue the work of Jesus Christ. The purpose of your relationship with Jesus isn't just to get your needs met, isn't just to clean up your dirty life, isn't just to heal your broken heart and your broken wounds. 
Those are all byproducts of coming into relationship with Jesus. And yes, 1,000%, that's what Jesus wants to do in your life. But that's not the purpose of your relationship with him. And so if the purpose of your relationship with Jesus is to continue the work of Jesus Christ, I got, I got some good news for you today. That means you're a soldier in the army of God. And everybody said, sir, yes, sir. That's what you say in the military, sir, yes, sir. And they don't look for no wimpy, yes, yes, sir, okay. Hear the dogs barking? They're saying, sir, yes, sir. And if you're in the army of God, if you're a soldier for Christ, and if your purpose is to continue the work of Jesus Christ, then I want to ask you this. What are you wearing? Because a soldier dresses for a purpose. A soldier dresses for a reason. And I want to tell you this. There's a lot of believers who don't get dressed for battle every day of their life. There's a lot of believers walking around wearing their PJs, wearing their shorts and their sandals and flip-flops. And they're walking around life and they're walking around life's battles, not prepared, not ready for what the enemy is trying to do. Today we're talking about what are you wearing? And I want to ask you, are you wearing, are you putting on are you dressed in your battle fatigues? Are you dressed in the army of God? Are you dressed wearing his armor so that when you go into battle, you are prepared for everything the enemy throws at you? Let's look at the word of God here together in Ephesians chapter 6. Starts off in verse 10. And I want you to see some important words here for a few minutes. It says, a final word. This is Paul. He's talking to the church at Ephesus. And they believe this was his teaching letter. This wasn't written to um, address certain issues specifically like the other Pauline epistles. This was a letter talking about Christian living and how you're supposed to direct your life and how you're supposed to act. And so he's saying here, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty Power. Let's stop and look at a couple words in that verse for just a second. Number one, it says, be strong. Who are you supposed to be strong in? In yourself? In your family? In your family name? In your family heritage? In your mom? In your dad? In your aunt? In your uncle? No. He says, be strong in the Lord. Where does your strength come from? The Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And then it goes on and says this, and in his mighty power. You don't got to rely on your own strength. You don't got to rely on your own power. And let me tell you this. Frankly, your power is weak. Your power doesn't have what you need to have to overcome the things in your life that are going to attack you. You need to go out in his strength and in his power. Don't leave just yet. Don't go. I'm teasing. Hang on a second, this wind is playing havoc. There we go. He says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 11 says, put on 
all of God's armor. Can you say all with me? Put on all of God's armor. Put on all of God's armor. Listen, believers, I want to encourage you today. I want to remind you today. I want to tell you today, right here, right now, you need to put on all the armor of God. You need to be prepared for everything that life is going to throw at you. You need to remember that there is an enemy out there seeking to destroy you. Keep your place here in Ephesians chapter 6, and I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5 because I want you to read this for yourself with your own eyeballs. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says this. Stay alert! Exclamation point. Pay attention. Keep your eyes open. Keep looking around. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He pours around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Can we read that again? Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He pours around, prowls around, that's the word. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. I want to remind you this morning that there is an enemy out there. There is somebody that's out there seeking to devour you, seeking to destroy you. And it says the word devour. It doesn't mean that there's something out there that is literally going to gobble you up. It doesn't mean there's some animal out there that's waiting that is going to physically devour you. It's talking about he wants to consume you. He wants to fill you with himself. He wants to pull you away from the kingdom of God and devour you and destroy what God is wanting to do in your life and through your life. A lot of us forget this sometimes. A lot of us forget that there is an enemy that we're fighting. I was having a conversation with, with one of my friends the other day, and he was talking about he was talking about living a life with the mindset of remembering and thinking about the return of Jesus Christ. And how if we had that mindset, if we remembered that, oh yeah, Jesus is coming back one day. And there is work to do before he comes back. He was talking about remembering that fact and how it would change your life and how it would change your actions. You got to remember that there's an enemy out there that is seeking to devour you, that is seeking to destroy you, that is seeking to end what God is wanting to do in you and through you. And I want you to hear me today. And I want you to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying in this place, this moment, right here, right now. Don't take your relationship with Jesus lightly. Don't think, oh, I'm saved, everything's great, everything's hunky-dory, I can do whatever I want. There's an enemy out there that wants to stop the work of God in your life. And God knows what he is trying to do both in you and through you. Maybe your family needs salvation. Maybe your, your husband or wife needs Jesus. Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe you need healing in your mind. Maybe there's all kinds of relationships all around you that are all messed up. God is wanting to work in you and through you. And I tell you what, the enemy would love nothing better than to come in your life and stop what God is trying to do. Don't ever forget that there is an enemy out there at work. The Bible says seeking. It means he's looking for you to destroy you and to get rid of you 
and to end things. It's a little hot. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Let's move on talking about this armor of God. It says, put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. You got to pay attention when you read the word of God because the words that are in there are in there for a reason and for a purpose. And there's all kinds of strategies that the enemy is using to try and stop you and distract you and keep you away from where God has called you to go. He says, put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You need to remember that there are forces that are at work against you, that there are things in this world that are trying to stop and actively work against you and stop what God is wanting to do in your life, trying to stop fulfillment that God is wanting to bring in your life, trying to stop the reconciliation and restoration that God is wanting to bring in your life, trying to stop those relationships that you desire that God wants to see repaired and restored. There are things in this world that are actively working to try and stop those things. And you need to, like it says right here, put on the armor of God so that you can stand against it. Can I get an amen? And I'm thinking right here, when it's talking about the armor of God, I want to tell you this. I'm thinking right off the bat, I'm thinking of that story in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And it's the story of David and Goliath. And David goes down and he finds Saul and he says, I'm going to go fight this guy for you. And, and he goes down and Saul's like, you're just a kid. You can't, you can't go fight this giant. This guy's, he's been a soldier for his whole life and he's like, David, he's like two of you. He's like twice as tall as you, and he's like four times as heavy as you, man. Like, David, you can't do this. And David says, you know what? I've, I've seen God work, and I've seen God move in my life, and I, I took out a bear, and I took out a lion, and I know that the same God that helped me destroy the lion and the bear is going to help me destroy this Philistine enemy, so you let me go out there and take care of this. And finally, King Saul says, okay, well, fine. If you're so set on it, then go ahead and go out there and go fight this guy, but I'm not going to let you go out unarmed. Even King Saul said, I'm not going to let you go out unarmed. You got to go out wearing some kind of armor. And so King Saul says, you're going to go out armed. And so I want you to wear my armor. I want you to put on my armor to be safe and go out there and fight this guy. And so David goes and tries on all of King Saul's armor. And he's got it on and it's kind of big and it's kind of clunky and it doesn't feel just right. And it kind of makes him move weird and he's not used to what David's used to. And David looks at King Saul and he says, I, I can't go out and wear this. I can't put this on. I can't do this. I got to go out the way that God has told me to go out. I want to tell you today 
Just like it says in Ephesians chapter 6, you need to put on all of God's armor. Don't put on man's armor. Don't put on the armor that somebody else brings you and says, here, put this on. Try it this way. Do it this way. You'll be okay. You'll be safe. You need to put on all the armor of God. Whatever God's got for you to wear, you need to put that on. Don't put on the ways of the world. Don't act like the world. Don't think like the world. Don't dress like the world. Hey, let me say this. Don't talk like the world. You've got to put on God's armor and nobody else's. Don't let people talk you into doing things the way that they think or the way that they feel is best. You listen to the voice of God and you put on the armor of God. Not a man's armor. You put on God's armor. And he says, going on here in verse 13, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Hey, here's the thought that he's communicating here. No armor of God in your life equals you not being able to resist the works of the enemy in your life. You've got to have the armor of God on in your life to stand firm when the enemy comes and attacks you. And here's the deal. The enemy will come and attack you in your life. So you've got to be wearing the armor of God. What are you wearing? Are you wearing shorts and flip-flops and a tank top going to the beach of life? Or are you dressed for battle, wearing the armor of God, knowing that you are in a fight, knowing that this world is not your home? Listen, this is not the end. And you can't live like this is the end all and be all. There is more. There is more beyond this. There is the eternal realm. This will all end one day. This will all end one day. And then the things that really matter will be seen. And so with that in mind, what are you spending your time here doing? Are you spending your time here dressed to fit in? Dressed to look like everybody else? Or are you dressed for battle, prepared to do what God has called you to do, prepared to go where God has called you to go? Are you wearing the armor of God so that you can step into every situation that God has called you to step into? Are you wearing every piece so that you are fully protected and fully clothed? It's not good enough to wear one piece. And we're going to look at this for just a second. You've got to put on every piece of the armor of God so that you are fully protected. Let's keep going here. We're going to jump down into verse 14. And he says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. And the New Living says, the body armor of God's righteousness. The New King James and ESV, I believe, say the breastplate of righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Verse 18 says, pray in the Spirit 
at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You know, when I was studying this out, I went and just wrote down these different pieces of the armor of God and its truth and its righteousness and its peace and its faith and its salvation. And if you stop and think for a minute, these are some of the major areas that the enemy comes and attacks you in. He attacks you in truth. He comes to you and says, well, is that really true? Is the word of God really true? Is the Bible really true? Is God really true? Does this really matter? Is that really accurate? He attacks you in righteousness. And, and the thing about the breastplate of righteousness is that that breastplate protects your vital organs. That's what it did. It was like a big thing that you wore right here. And it protected your heart and your lungs. And all these organs right in here protected you, your vital organs. You know, Proverbs talks about the importance of your heart. That as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The enemy wants to get into your heart and attack you and make you unrighteous with God. He wants to bring separation between you and God. That's why you've got to wear this body armor or the breastplate of righteousness to protect your heart and to keep the enemy out. He wants to come and make you see righteous means in right standing with God. That's what the word righteous means. It means that there's nothing between you and him. And the enemy wants to come and he wants to bring into your life things that will cause you to pull away and withdraw and not be in right standing with God so that there's separation, so that he can separate you and attack you and devour you like it says in 1 Peter chapter 5. Peace. How many of us deal with lack of peace and anxiety and stress in our life? Just me? Am I the only one? <laughs> nope. The enemy will come into your life and try and attack the peace that comes from the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit, one of them is peace. Peace. And the enemy will come into your life and attack your peace and bring you anxiety and stress and cause you to be worried and afraid. You've got to put on the peace that comes from the understanding of who Jesus is. You need to put on the peace that comes from the understanding of that this is the fruit of the Spirit. And I can walk through every circumstance in peace because of the good news of Jesus Christ. And when you put on those shoes of peace, when you lace them up, it talks about it. I like that because it shows me that I can walk through all circumstances in peace because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It goes on and talks about faith. The enemy wants to attack your faith. Listen, there's going to come days and things into your life 
They're going to challenge you and cause you to have to stand on the word of God and believe. Hebrews chapter 11 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. There's going to be days in your life where things do not look right, where they don't look like they should, and you are trusting and believing God in faith. You're saying, I, this doesn't look right right now, but I am putting my faith and my hope in Jesus, and I know that one day things are going to work out the way that they're supposed to because my faith is in him, and he's not going to let me down. And the enemy's going to come into your life and bring things into your life that will challenge your faith. And if you're not using the shield of faith, see, Paul is using Roman centurion armor to describe these things that we need in our life. And these soldiers had these big, tall shields. And these shields had animal skin, like leather that was on them. And they would, they would um, dunk these things in water before they would go into battle so that when they would shoot these flaming arrows at them, that the arrows would hit these shields and the drenched leather would put out the flaming arrows. You've got to have a shield of faith so that when the enemy starts shooting lies into your life, you've got something to quench those darts. You've got a shield of faith that says, listen, no devil, not today. This is what the word of God says. I'm going to believe him. I'm not going to believe you. John chapter 8 talks about how Satan is what? The father of? He's a big liar, guys. That's all he's got. And he comes to you and bring lies to you, hoping that you will uh, uh, believe them and invite them and make them a home in your heart. But he brings these things to you. And when that happens, you've got to throw up that shield and say, I'm not going to believe this. I'm not going to accept this. And in fact, what I'm going to do is hang on to the word of God because this is what the word of God is. So I'm pulling out my shield of faith, baby. And you can shoot all day long because I'm not putting my trust in you. And i got this big old shield that's going to stop everything you shoot at me. After the shield of faith, we have the helmet of salvation. Can we just talk about the battlefield of the mind for a minute? One of the greatest battlefields and one of the greatest places the enemy is going to attack you is in your mind, is in your thoughts, is in your emotions. The Bible talks about putting on that helmet of salvation. You've got to cover your mind. You've got to cover your thoughts so that when he comes and begins to put those thoughts inside of you, he says, hey, I'm going to bring this thought to you. Did you see that person? Did you see the way that person looked at you? Did you see what that person said? You know what I really think they meant. You know what I really think they were trying to say to you. And he brings these tormenting thoughts to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 talks about bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Listen, the devil is going to bring thoughts into your life that are tormenting you. And what the Word of God says is you have the right and the authority through Jesus to take those thoughts captive and say, listen, you can bring that thought all you want, but I'm not going to grab onto it, and I'm not going to think on it, and I'm not going to dwell on it. Your mind, you've got to put on the helmet of salvation to protect your mind from the things that the enemy is going to try and plant inside of you that will cause you to stop dead in your tracks. 
Most of the things that you would deal with in your life, the big ones, are going to be in your thought life. And I want to tell you today, reject the lies of the enemy. Reject the lies of the devil. You don't got to believe those things. He's going to bring thoughts to you all the time. Tormenting fears, worries, anxieties, stresses, doubts. Don't grab onto those things. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So if a thought comes to you and it causes you death or it wants to steal something from you or it's destroying something into you, tell it to kick rocks and hit the road. The last thing here is the sword of the Spirit. It's, it's interesting to me that the other five are defensive weapons. The other five are ways of protection to keep yourself standing firm and standing strong for the enemy attacks you. But the last thing Paul mentions here is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, tells us that the Bible, the Word of God, is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So here's what your offensive weapon is. Your offensive weapon is the word of God. So when the enemy comes to you and you are girded up and you are wearing all of the armor of God and when he comes to you, you've got your truth belt of truth on you've got your body armor of righteousness on you've got your shoes of peace on you've got the helmet of salvation on you've got your shield of faith when he comes to you bringing lies then the bible says that you've got to pull out your sword who used to do sword drills in sunday school <laughs> sword drills for those of you who don't know is when somebody would call a scripture reference and everybody would have to crack open their Bible as quick as they could and the first person who got it would stand up and, you know, get some kind of candy or prize or something. But your sword, your weapon, your way to the offense is through the word of God. And do you know what that means? You, you probably do, but I'm going to tell you anyways. It means you've got to read your Bible. You've got to read your Bible. Let me say it again, because you're staring at me like you don't believe me. There are some things that I'm going to say to all of you over and over and over again, probably until the day that I die and go see Jesus myself. And one of those things is you've got to read your Bible and spend time with him yourself. Even the dogs agree. A lot. Vehemently. You've got to read your Bible, Patrick. You've got to spend time in God's presence. You've got to crack that thing open and say, what does the Word of God say? Darlene, you've got to crack that Bible open and say, whatever you're dealing with, what does the Word of God say about this? Listen, enemy, you want to attack me? That's fine. You can bring those lies to me, but I reject them in the name of Jesus. And here's why. Because the Word of God says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. So you take a hike because I'm going to stand on this truth right here. You've got to know what the Word of God says. You've got to read your Bible and pray so that when the enemy comes, you've got something to fight back with. Which leads me to my last thought. And that is, how do you put on the armor of God? 
Well, it's really simple. And it's exactly what I just told you. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Psalms 119.11 says, Your word I've hidden in my heart. There must be words of God hidden in your heart. There must be words of God hidden in your heart, Cherokee. You've got to know what the Bible says so that when you begin to fight your own battle, so that when the enemy comes into your and Johnny's life and there's things that you guys have to deal with and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I don't know what I'm going to do. You've got to have scripture hidden inside of you so that you can pull it out and say, man, this looks bad, but here's what God said. Sloan? You gotta get God's word inside of you. We can't afford to be Christians who don't know the word of God because when we are those people, the enemy comes in and bowls us over because we've got nothing on the inside of us to fight back with. And we begin to believe and accept the lies of the enemy. Get the word of God on the inside of you. Spend time in his presence. Spend time praying. Spend time reading. Spend time listening. Develop your relationship with God. And good Lord, above all else, before you get up and leave the house in the morning, put on the armor of God. Dress appropriately for battle. Don't just stroll through life without a free care in your mind and say, I can go do whatever I want. La, 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 la. Because before you know it, the enemy who is seeking to destroy you will find you. And if you are not protected, if you are not wearing the armor of God, if you're not wearing the belt of truth, then you're going to find people coming up to you, asking you questions, saying, well, is this really accurate? You know, does this really, the Bible says this. How many times have you heard somebody tell you something that the Bible says, and you're like, mm, I don't, and you don't have an answer for them. You've got to know beyond a shadow of a doubt the truth of the Word of God. You've got to protect yourself. You've got to protect your heart. Protect your heart from offense. Protect your heart from lies and from deceit. Protect your heart above all else, for out of it flow the issues of life. Put on the shoes of peace so that you can walk through every circumstance that life brings your way, resting squarely and firmly in the peace that passes all understanding, that the Spirit of God is with you wherever you go. And though it looks bad, and though there's a thousand at one hand and ten thousand at the other hand, you can go through that valley no problem because you've got the Spirit of God with you, because you've got the peace that passes all understanding. Grab that shield of faith and hold it high and put on that helmet of salvation so all those thoughts that the enemy brings, the torment, the hurt, the pain, all those things that he brings to you, you can quench those things. You know what the Word of God says. Take your Bible out and begin to quote the Word of God. You must hide God's Word in your heart. Amen? I love all the different horn sounds. <laughs> Let's pray together. Can we pray? Father, we thank you for this day.
for this morning, for this time in your presence. God, we're so thankful that we could gather and worship and sing, take communion, remember the price that you paid on the cross for us. And God, I thank you that your word is finding a home in our heart as we leave this place today. That you are reminding us of your truth and your life. That we don't just take our relationship with you casually. That we dress for battle. That we protect ourselves. That we gird ourselves up. That we put on your armor. And God, I ask right now by your spirit that if we're in this place and we're not dressing for battle and we're skipping through life in flip-flops and tank tops, that you're reminding us of the call on our lives, the things that you've called us to do, the places you've called us to go, the tasks that you've given us to carry out your great commission, the battlefield that we find ourselves standing on. Remind us to dress for battle. Father, we thank you for your word that always brings truth, healing, and life. We love you, Jesus. And in your name we pray. We all said, amen. Gosh, I love having church out here with you. Maybe we should just buy a big piece of land and have church there from now on forever. Who needs a building anyways? <laughs> hey, guess what? Next Sunday, May 9th, is Mother's Day. <laughs> Siri just felt like chiming in there. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to have a great service. Um, we, got, we have, let's see, we have 20, uh, 30, 50, 60, 70, 80. We have six different ladies from six different decades of life that are going to be sharing with us about if I could say anything, if I could say anything to you, uh, to you that are older than me, to you that are younger than me, they're going to be sharing and giving us their wisdom, their insights, and I can't wait. So make sure you come and join us. We're going to have something special for all the ladies. When they, you got to check in. When you come check in, you know, when you drive around the building and you go over here and you check in, we're going to have something special for all the ladies. And so we want you to be here to hear what these ladies are going to say. I know that it's going to be great. They're going to have great revelation, deep wisdom. They're going to share with all of us, and you're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you get a ticket. Come join us. Let's keep praying and asking God for great weather so we can come next Sunday and hang out outside and spend time in his presence not worrying about rain and all that kind of nasty stuff. We're just going to have a great time next Sunday. Amen? All right. We love you. We believe in God for all of you. We will see you next Sunday. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.